Hello, I am Dr. Raquel Daly, and thank you so much for joining us on the Best Life Abroad podcast. So today, we have my boo thing, Courtney. And so (laughs) we want to kick this off um, by talking a little bit about Courtney's journey to living his best life abroad. Um, And since that is my hubby, Lou, um, it is also because of him that I was able to begin the wonderful life that is living abroad. The life that we never thought, well, I thought, we'll talk about that later too. But sure, the life sure. that I thought would be amazing, that you thought you did not want, but now that we know we cannot live without. So thank you, honey, honey, boo. Thank you for, for having us me. Today. Thank you. So um, if you can first share kind of how the idea of moving abroad came about and then um, just share kind of, you know, your your process to going from living your life as a person in the United States to moving abroad. Okay. Well, uh, I will say in all fairness, you started your journey before I even came in, not necessarily came to the picture, but you were, you did study abroad before we moved abroad. So in all fairness, you know, you definitely got the ball (laughs) rolling on that before I came in the picture. But uh, so for me, I, of course, in college, you know, I played football. It was always American football, American football. Everybody always asks that question. Yes, it is not soccer. American Uh football. (laughs) And it was never, you know, my, my goal was always to play football to play professional football. That was always my goal. Uh, of course, I, like anybody else playing in college and playing in the United States, you know, you want to make it to the NFL. It became very apparent to me late in my college career that wasn't going to happen. I wasn't going to go to the NFL. wasn't going to happen. I had always heard that people played football overseas. I'd never known anybody who'd done it. I'd never, you know, never seen it on TV, anything like that, with the exception of Canada, which doesn't count because it's not overseas. Uh, But I'd always heard that people played sports overseas and I'd heard people use the term overseas. So at the end of my college career, I played a couple of years. I played some semi-pro football. I was in, um, I guess it was before graduate school. So I remember me and you, we had a conversation at some point in time and I was like, you know what? (laughs) I I really... I've heard people play football overseas. I don't, I've heard about it. So I think maybe I just want to, you know, see what that's all about. Yeah. I remember and before that conversation, you were like, I never want to leave Virginia. This is the land of the United States that I love. Yeah. Remember I mean, that? But, you remember that? Yeah. But the thing is, you know, you got to understand, you know, all my family lives in one place at yes. the, that time. All my family lived in one place. Everybody lives in Virginia. Everybody mm-hmm. on both sides of my family. Um, lived not even just in Virginia. They lived in Tywood, lived in 757. So everybody was either in Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Chesapeake, somewhere inside the seven cities. So mm-hmm. for people who don't know, that's Hampton Roads region. Uh, <laughs> people who don't know what the 757 means. But, you know, all my family was there. So I, I never, I never, it was never thought of mine to leave because nobody really left mm-hmm. and everybody was there. So for me, you know, I was going to, co- I transferred from, college out of state to go back to college in state for other reasons. And, you know, I just, it was just wasn't in my, my mind that I would leave. Um, Mm -hmm. So it wasn't necessarily so much that I didn't want to go overseas, but I also didn't have any exposure. Nobody who I knew had done it or Mm -hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like a normal 
uh, not necessarily normal. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it wasn't very usual for people to just be like, yeah, I've been overseas. I've lived here. So yeah. you know, without having proximity and, and having uh, familiarity with it, it's, it's, it's just not something that is, you know, that's at least for me, that was in the forefront of my mind. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I remember having that conversation and I remember this is the early days of the internet. So this is before, <laughs> you know, this is before even like, I think. Laptops. No, nah, not before laptops. Well, it was like the big, thick, yeah, it was like the big, clunky laptops, though. Like, this although I love that nice Apple with the pink top that yeah, you bought. Yeah, but I, bought, me. I was... actually bought you that with my first check, one of my first checks after I did move overseas. But anyway, so thank you, I appreciate uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I remember early days, I remember making a highlight tape, VHS highlight tape. Wow, actually, I made a DVD highlight tape of some of my from semi-pro because I was playing semi-pro football at the time I burned it to a DVD and I I made like I think five DVDs and I got on the internet and I just looked up football overseas I found some kind of obscure web page that had the names of some overseas <laughs> teams and I just picked five that I thought sounded cool okay I chose those five and I mailed snail mailed those five teams a DVD Wow. A highlight DVD um, that had my information, my email, and two actually got back. One of them actually sent me an email was like, thanks, but we're not interested. The other three didn't bother. And one, actually, I'll take it back. Two answered. One said, I'm not interested. One said, we already have a quarterback because I was playing quarterback. One said, we already have a quarterback, but uh, we'll, you know, we'll keep your information on hand just in case something changes. And I believe you and I were together when I got that phone call. Were we together when I got that phone we call? We were. It was your birthday. No, that no, was no, the no. Third that call. was that was the second call. That was the second call. The first call, I don't even remember where I was at. No, we were not together. We, we were not together. together. Yeah, because we you together. called and you were like, No, we have been dating. True, true, years. true, true. Okay, so I don't remember where I was five at. I think whole I was long, with, hard years. I think I was with <laughs> Daniel or Dave, my homie Daniel or Dave. And I just got a call from a number. I didn't, this is the old school brick cell phone. It just had all these numbers on it. I was like, what in the world is this? I, I didn't even recognize <laughs> it. So I answered it and I heard some guy with a really heavy French accent trying to say, hello, I like to speak to Monsieur Delis. And I was like, what? Who? Who is what? What? I didn't even understand what he was saying. But it was actually the coach of that team telling me that their quarterback got injured. They needed somebody now, like ASAP today. And he was like, can you, can you come? Can you get on the plane? I was like, yep, I can do it. And <laughs> we were point, in grad school at the time. We were in grad school. Yep. Yeah. And I didn't even have a, 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 I didn't even have a passport. I didn't even know I needed a passport. I didn't even know what that was at the time. It just shows you how ill-prepared I was. But yeah. And right. so long story short, you, of course, you know, you helped me get my passport and, you know, get all my stuff together. I think I had like two weeks. I had to get my passport. Yeah, we had to expedite it. I, I had to drop out of grad school, quit yeah. my job, do all, get all my stuff in order so I could get on a plane and go to France, yeah. south of France, because that's where the uh, the team was. And of course, I was excited. I was, I mean, you know, I'm going to play, you know, want to get paid to play football. So this is, of course, this is awesome. Um, and the but, south of France is not bad. I mean, but I didn't even know. I didn't know anything about the south of France. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. It was just somewhere where I was going to go play football mm-hmm. and get paid. <laughs> but after actually going and having the experience and being there 
and living there, it just, that whole experience, it was, it changed everything. Yeah. Being there, you know, living abroad, just being immersed in the culture. It was, it was the craziest thing. I remember thinking to myself, man, like I remember walking around France and just looking at all these buildings and these, and I'm like, man, I'm sitting in a place where I've read books about and I've watched movies about, and I'm actually, you know, I'm here, I'm living here. And I'm, you know, I remember being in Paris and thinking like, man, this is crazy. Like I'm, I'm I'm, I'm in Paris and I'm living here. And who would have thought it was possible to do something like this, you know? And um, mm-hmm. I just think after living that experience, having that, um, and it was it was six months, it was a half a year. And after that, it was just, yeah, I was, I was hooked. That was it. I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine just going back to life as I was living it before, after having that experience. So that's really what started it. That's That was the start for me yeah. and for us, as we'll probably get into a little bit later. And for us, we can get into it now. So that is when I, and then you were there and I came to visit you. You came to visit me in Came to visit me in France. And Aix-en-Provence. And Aix-en-Provence, south of France, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like my first experience living abroad is a place that people like fantasize about going. And, you know, I was just out there living like it was regular. It was just ridiculous. But so I remember I flew you out there to come visit me, had my homeboy smuggle the engagement ring that I bought you before I left into a box of rice, I think it was. Like yeah, so I had like reached out to the church and was like, hey, I'm going to go visit Courtney. Anything anybody wants to send him? Yeah, yeah I'm going to bring a bag, a care package of like, you know, whatever treats or snacks and all the things. Um, that's how I ended up yeah. with a bag of rice. Yes. So I, I basically fooled you into transporting your own uh, engagement ring without knowing. Then when you came out to visit me in France, of course, I proposed and we got engaged in the south of France. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy, which is and, um, I mean, how many people can say that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was it was that was the beginning for us. It was the beginning. So after that, as you said earlier before, I just you know, I, I was really uninterested and really, you know, <laughs> we, when you talked about wanting to move abroad, I was just kind of like, eh, you know, all my family's here and uh, I don't even know if they like black people over there. And, <laughs> yes. But after having this experience, I was done. I was like, look, we got to figure out how to make this happen mm-hmm. ASAP. You know, mm-hmm. we got to figure out what we got to do so we can make this a reality because I'm definitely not trying to go back to just living, you know, I, I'm not trying to go back. Like, this is it for me. I want this to be the, the new normal. Yeah. So that's yeah, why I said so- that was the beginning for us because that's really what finally got me on board, just having yeah. the exposure myself. Yeah, for sure. And I knew that that was going to be the case. That's why when you were like, I know, because when you call called me to tell me about it. You were like, I just want to let you know I'm not going, but I got a call to go play football in France. And I said, what you mean you're not going? Of course you're going to go. You were like, well, we've been dating a long time. I was like, so this is football in the south of France. Yeah, of course but you are going. But also I knew that once you got that little taste of that good French bug, then you would change your mind about moving abroad for sure. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's very true. 
true. And yeah. I'm, I'm I'm grateful you did that because you could have just been like, oh, you're going to stay. Thank you. My son. I wanted to go with you. What the heck? I didn't want you to stay. <laughs> so that was your first experience going abroad. And what was it like for you? So you mentioned like, you know, do they even like black people? Yeah, it what was, you, you know. What was your experience? South of France is, is an amazing place. Number one, for, you know, it's one of those places that everybody wants to go. I was in Aix-en-Provence, but it was a very p- close proximity to places like, um, you know, Saint-Tropez, and Nice, and all these. It's, it's. I forgot, I forget what they call that coast, but it's just, it's, it's one of the most desirable locate travel locations anywhere. Period. Um, but it was amazing because the thing is, the the one, the thing, one of the main things that I love about playing sports abroad, as was my experience, um, is that you already have like a built-in support system slash. Uh, family slash, you know, friends, like it's, everything's built in. So you move, you know, it's not like the average person who moves to a new place, not knowing anybody, having to meet new people. When Mm -hmm. you need help, you have to go try to figure a lot of things out. It's pretty much uh, done for you in a lot of ways. When you move there, the team handles all the, you know, paperwork and things like that. So you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. It's like all your, your teammates who are local guys, you know, they're always like, okay, look, like, let's go do this. Let me go show you the the, the 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 good places to go, the good hangout spots. Those people who are your teammates, their families are local too. So it's like, we're going to eat at teammates' families' house. And, you know, anytime we need anything, it was like, oh, you need something? Let me call. There's somebody from the team you call and they handle it or they send somebody over. Or So it was really cool in that regard because it just, you know, you have all the comforts of home, you know, your friends, you have like a family unit, you have support, a support system that's in place for you. Um, so I think that helped to ease a lot of the, you know, difficulty that I would have had had it just been a regular person moving somewhere else. Mm-hmm. As we know, because when we moved to some places where we didn't really know people, you know, we had to, you know, ex- we know what that experience Figure is like too. Yeah. Um, but even aside from that, it was amazing. I think one thing I realized is that the people, it's just like anywhere else I've been where, you know, the way the attitudes and the, and the way people act, it differs based on what region you're in. So mm-hmm. we were in the south of France, which is just like, you know, being in the south of the United States where people are a lot more welcoming, southern hospitality. Um, I was very surprised that I didn't really experience that I could tell. I didn't really experience much racism, but I also think that and I tell people this all the time. Uh, what I did experience a lot of in Europe was classism. And I think the reason I didn't really experience a lot of racism, one reason is because it was very obvious I was an American in France. So people have a different attitude of you, or at least at the time. At this, they probably, it would probably, very, probably be very different now. People at the time, when they would see me, they would always think, and I had dreadlocks at the time. So people were like, oh, it's very obvious that you, you know, I'm a football guy, so I'm, you know, pretty muscular. And, you know, people are, would look at me and they would say, okay, you do something. I don't know what it is, but you definitely do something. <laughs> um, and you're definitely, you're American and you do, you know, you, you look the way you do. So you're, you're either famous, you rap or you play a sport or you do something. Um, so I didn't really experience a lot of racism. Um, I really didn't. And that really surprised me, I guess, just because I, I'd always had this preconceived notion that, you know, that probably wouldn't be the case. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I didn't experience any racism. Of course, you know, French are a little less forgiving when you don't speak the language or you don't speak it well. So I didn't really learn any French because I feel like the French people, not the ones I knew, but the people I didn't know, like if you go to the store or something like that, they just got tired of trying to deal with your bad French and they would just talk to you in English. So I didn't even bother. 
Um, but it was it was great. You know, the people were nice. It was everything you think of when you, you know, the great food, uh, amazing scenery. It was just it was awesome. It was it was amazing. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you mean by it's more about like classism? Yeah. So in my experience, I find that in many places in Europe, Europeans have a very, at least at the time, there was a very um, derogatory sentiment towards uh, certain groups of people, not necessarily based on their color, but based on what people associated with that culture of people. So for instance, at the time, there was a very negative uh, stereotype or negative connotation associated with Africans because they felt that African immigrants who came to the country were there, were either there illegally or they were there to, um, you know, to take advantage of the social system or, you know, that they were poor and that they weren't contributing positively to the economy or they were, you know, causing crime, which don't get me, don't get me wrong, because that's just not a black thing, because I felt like they had the same stereotypes towards a lot of Eastern European groups, um, Romanians. And, you know, all the Anians, Albanians, Romanians, it was the same thing. They had the same view and attitude, not based on their color, because a lot of them are just as light as they are, but just based on what they associated with that class of people. So if they felt, I feel like if they feel like you're you're a lower, from a lower class um, and you didn't contribute positively to the society, then they look down on you for that reason, not because of the color you were, but because of what they associated with you being of a low class and being a drain on society. That's what I experienced. And when I, I hate to say it, but I was always, you know, happy that people knew I was American because then I wouldn't, I, it's kind of like the, it's one of those things that helps me kind of understand privilege because at that time there was a privilege that came with being American overseas. People would just assume that because you're American, you are, you're wealthy, um, you're you're positively contributing to society, um, you're not doing things that are unscrupulous, like all those kind of things. And I really, I hate to say it, but I, I definitely took advantage of that um, because people also looked at it like, oh, you're American and you're black, like you're cool automatically. Well, and you know, Trevor Noah does say that the coolest black yeah, people in the world are black Americans. That's true. That was definitely the sentiment. That was definitely yeah. the sentiment. It definitely was. I'll never forget one day, one night, I remember me, David and Franzi, those were two of my teammates. We lived together. We were walking down the street one day and we were talking, you know, just talking the way we talk. And then all of a sudden we like we noticed there were these two guys following us. And we stopped and we just turned around and we just look at these guys and they just had the biggest grin on their face. <laughs> and then we were like, what's up, man? What y'all like? What? Whoa, y'all good? What's up? They were just like, no, we're just listening to you guys talk. It's just so amazing and so cool. You know, we listen to this rap music, but we've never heard real Black Americans talk like this in real life. And it's, it's just so cool to hear this conversation. <laughs> oh, my God. It was hilarious. But, you know, I, I understand, I guess, you know, so. Yeah. So tell us about the other places that you've lived. So uh, my first job was in south of France. My mm -hmm. second job was in Zurich, Switzerland. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually went, played in Zurich, Switzerland twice um because i went back there in 2015 um zurich switzerland france robinsburg germany and then i also played one year in um antwerp those are the places that i played for like the teams i played for but i've been to you know a lot of other places to play as well so what was it like living in those places even like comparing it to your time in axon Provence? uh i i think my time in zurich i really zurich was one of my favorite places it was ridiculously expensive that's the only knock i have on zurich because it's crazy expensive 
expensive. Uh, but it's an amazing place, very international place. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Germany was amazing. I loved Germany. Germany was a, I feel like Germany is what the, the area in Germany where we were. It's the least international place that I've been. It was very, very German, South, <laughs> South German. Um, you know, yeah. moved there and, you know, it's living in a place where there weren't, there just weren't people who spoke English. Yep. You, know, you go to the store, if you don't know how to speak English, you know, you're just going to have to, you know, just point to what you want. Um, so that was different. So with Germany, that was one that was like a quick turnaround too. Yeah, it was. So it was turnaround. like, it was like, can you come and can you be here in two weeks? Yeah, that and was another quick turnaround. Yeah, with Germany, that was one of the places that when we decided like we are going, so you went to France, you went to Zurich. Mm -hmm. And then after Zurich, I was still in America. True. And I was like, what we're not about to do is have you True. frolic in Europe and I'm in America when I'm the one who wanted to live abroad. <laughs> so then after that, after you went and left and went to Zurich, um, but I think that one was like three or four months. So it wasn't as long. Yeah, it wasn't as long because it was a mid season. You got a call for that on your birthday. Yeah, I got that remember? call on my birthday. I do remember. At mini golf. Yeah, I do remember <laughs> we were at mini golf and then I got that call. I like, do remember so you're that. not going to yes. believe this, but... Um, <laughs> I do remember that. And that's when your job was like, well, go wherever you want. Yeah. Just don't quit and come on back. And my job was like, you are not going to Zurich. I do um, remember that. And then after Zurich, that's when we were like, okay, yeah, we're going to so, make this thing official. Yeah, because the thing is, what I'm, I'm sure most people don't even know that they play football overseas. But the thing is, with football contracts at the time, and it's actually still the same, but they're only for the duration of the season. So you get a visa for the season and that's it. And after the season, you got to go back. So I was hopping, you know, I was going six months, come back, going three months, come back. So I, after that, me and we, you know, me and you, we talked and I said, you know, we got to figure Let's figure out a way to get a team to visa me indefinitely, you know, yeah. and um, which is, you know, teams didn't do. I reached out to many teams and it's like, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. We can't do that. So in order and I've been playing in the first leagues, you know, the first league, because the way that they do football overseas, kind of like soccer. Um, but they have first league, highest league, then you can play like a the lower division or a lower division. And so we kind of made the plan. Well, maybe if I reach out to a lower division team who wants to go to a higher division, you know, they'll be willing to do whatever they whatever they need to do to get me over there. I posed the the, the question to 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 a team like, hey, you know, I want to come over there, I want to move there, I want to live there indefinitely, bring my my wife over. Would you be willing to figure out how to get me a visa, an indefinite visa? If I'm willing to take this, you know, play at a lower level and, you know, come come play for you instead of playing in the first league, would you be willing to to figure out how to get me a visa um, so I can if I commit to staying and helping to build the program? That's how I end up getting a team to agree to visa me and to allow us to actually move there and live there, which at the time just didn't happen. It just mm -hmm. teams didn't do it. They did yeah. not do that. And that's what propelled our journey. Yeah, that was the beginning. living our best life abroad in southern Germany, which was awesome because even though it wasn't like a super international city, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. it still was very much a tight knit community. Like we have what today we call our German family yeah. that we still connect with. Our son is in German immersion so that, you know, when we go visit, he can talk to them. Um, so that was that was really a great opportunity for us to be able to do that. But yeah. I remember being in the airport because <laughs> it was such a quick turnaround. So we had to sell our cars pack yep. our stuff, move out, 
I have my one coworker who is awesome, Kara, who came and remember she came to help us pack. Yep. And she was like super minimalist. Like if I get a t-shirt, I'm getting rid of another one. Yep. I remember. <laughs> she would be like, okay, there are three pairs of black pants. Which one do you plan on bringing with you? I'm like, but these are tight. These are dress pants and these are jeans. She's like, Mm-mm, one pair. So we we got over there with a duffel bag of piece and a yep. big suitcase of piece. That was all we left with. That was it. Everything else, well, other than what was in our parents' garage. The parents' garage, which was still yeah. a whole bunch of stuff that we didn't need. We, but nah, you know, we should have got rid of everything. American our, American mindset, you know, you don't yeah. know. So got rid of as much as we could on in the airport trying to download German. <laughs> Remember trying oh, to like yeah. download I remember German, that. I take remember in that. like learn as much learn German stuff on the internet. Yep, I remember. So we could try to learn something in the air on the way from on the way. Where, where were we? So I guess it was from Charlotte. Did we leave from Charlotte or New York? Oh, we must have left from New York because we probably went to my parents first. Yep, we left from New and York. And then learn all the German we could learn in our flight from New York to Germany, which is but, crazy. You know what? The thing that I will say is that I'm so glad we did that because you know, I remember being in Germany and of course, you know, Germany is where they have a lot of people don't notice, but they have a very high concentration of American military installations there. So, you know, we made a lot of friends, you know, relationships with people who were there for military and most of them had very limited actual immersion. But whereas we were actually, as they said, on the economy, we were living in the, you know, because they lived on military bases or close to military installations where their daily day-to-day interactions with Actual locals were limited, and they, but us, we were really like fully immersed. We were like German. Our taxes were, we were in German. German. Yeah, we were paying German taxes. The we groceries were, were in German. The cashiers were German. Everything was in German. Everything. We had to learn it and figure it out. Our work was, contracts were in yeah. German. <laughs> But it made it very, very, it made for such a culturally rich experience because we basically lived like German folks, surrounded by German folks. And, you know, we made very, very close connections to people. I mean, connections that we still have to this day, which is the reason Mm -hmm. why our son's in German immersion, because we have family there, you know, people who are like family to us. And I think that's an experience that most people will never get because it requires a level of, you know, I don't want to say fearlessness, but I guess it requires a level of, you know, just we just going to jump in this and, you know, see what happens <laughs> that most yeah. people just, you know, are too logical to have. At the time, I think we were just too excited to really realize what we we're getting into. Yeah, um, for sure. We were really too excited. We were super excited. We didn't <laughs> think about a lot of the things that, you know, we should have thought about. But but it's good that we didn't because that probably yeah. would have like prohibited us from being I like agree. just going for it. I agree. So, yeah, for sure. And I think Shout out for sure to all of the military people and friends that we have who helped us down. Man, we Miss yeah. Rita with uh, those good, yep. uh, gross. She would literally come visit us, or we would go visit her and leave with like leave with... bags and bags. And we went to Sam's Club and went grocery shopping, yeah, um, man. with all the American things. And you know, American things there were super expensive, super expensive over there. Not that buy. might be like a dollar fifty on base or in the United States was like five six seven euros that's very true i'm not paying that so yeah for sure so shout out to all those people who held us down for sure they did hold us down thank you for listening to the best life abroad not your average travel podcast don't forget to subscribe for bi-weekly best life abroad updates and be the first to hear new episodes get the motivation you need to take that leap of faith and begin living your best life abroad